Welcome to the Whatnot Podcast, where we put the what into whatnot live every Wednesday night at 9 p.m. on Facebook and YouTube. Say no to kitchen remodels. Yeah, I mean, Chris. Good evening. It's Wednesday at 9 p.m. I am Mike. This is the What Podcast. We what into what? Uh, I'm Chris, and Mike sounds like he's in a sub. Yeah. Oh, was... All of a sudden, <laughs> it was like. Yeah. I, I, I was figuring it was just my really bad internet connection up here on the mountain, but glad that wasn't it. Try try that again, Mike. So how's it now? Anybody? Oh, look at that. We have Mike here with uh, What Not Podcast, and I'm Chris. <laughs> and uh, we're with uh, Woodshot Mike. What's your name, Woodshot Mike? Uh, Mike. Mike. Oh, okay, is- Mike, Mike. Okay, yeah. that makes complete sense. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Good evening, John Michelle. All right. So, um, yeah, if you don't know Woodshot Mike, you should go check out woodshotmike.com. Um how long have you been doing the DIY projects, tutorials, and creating plans? I don't remember. I think 2013 is when I got started. Uh, um, and, and it was just kind of to document what I was doing in my first shop after you know being in college. Okay. So is that how you got started? It was right out of college, needed a project? How, I mean, how did, what do you remember starting? first that really got your bug for woodworking and DIY? Uh, Guitar building, actually. So when I was in high school, I apprenticed with a luthier. And what's cool is I was able to do that as a uh, like a vocational study or something like that. So basically, I got to leave school early and go, you know, do something I wanted to do. Um, And that's that's what got me into woodworking. Cool. That sounds a lot more fun than English. Indeed. Indeed. Yeah. And Chris, you had the same experience, right? Good evening, Kyle. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, in my senior year, I got to leave at, uh, 12 or 12:30, something like that to go work, uh, at an apprenticeship program at Royal Furniture. Oh, very cool. Well, it, it, it was a way to get out of school and do different things. But, you know, I, I knew, I knew that I did not want to go out of school and work in a furniture factory. <laughs> so I did learn that much from it. For sure. Lessons learned. Yeah. It's a good way to do it for free too. Mm-hmm. Yep. All righty. So, uh, yeah, I found, let's see, I'm trying to think when I first met you, Mike, it was probably around the 2012, 13, 14 era at AAW. Uh, yeah, it was either, no, we met at a cling spore in Raleigh, I believe first. Um, 
Trend was doing a uh, a demo, and it was a wood turning uh, club demo. And then we met again at AAW in Raleigh. That's right. Yeah. It's so, been it's been a hot minute. It's it feels yeah. like it's been a long time now that I think about it. But yeah. Yeah. What's, what's great is, is there was something, oh, see, I'm going to get it wrong now because I can't remember what it was, but my wife had, you know, was looking up ideas on YouTube and things like that. And she sent me this one and I, and it, oh, I, it was something about the the porch, your guys' porch that you redid in, in conjunction, I think with Home Depot. Yeah. And it was showing me some of the ideas for the flooring or whatnot. And I'm thinking to myself, and I didn't want to say that I knew exactly who that was because she She's always like, yeah, okay, yeah, you know him. <laughs> it's like, I, I got a giggle at because I'm like, absolutely, I'll sit and watch this video for sure. I know this. This will be a good quality content. <laughs> I, I appreciate your view. Thank you. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and then um, the chicken coop. Yes. So, so I noticed that there's been a lot of chicken coops. Is that now becoming like business? Um. You know, I set up my business to have multiple streams of revenue because so I, I want to first and foremost be a content creator. Uh, but around content, I do custom woodworking for people generally in the greater Atlanta area. And then I make plans that can be purchased around those projects. So um, when I first went full time, we were just you know kind of trying to see what, um, you know, what kind of projects there were. And uh, my, my wife was looking around on Facebook Marketplace. There was another blogger actually in the Atlanta area that needed a chicken coop. So her blog is around, you know, farming and the lifestyle and all that kind of stuff. So uh, she had put, basically put out an RFQ on Facebook Marketplace. I got in touch with her, and uh, that's, that's what kicked off the, all of the chicken coop stuff. I think now I've done seven or eight for people, you know, around the country. And uh, I have one more on the books that's supposed to start either end of this week or early next week. And we'll see what what happens from there. But I enjoy building them because, like, it's easy to build them, more or less. Uh, and it's kind of fast. But I, I'm not super well set up to build them because mm -hmm. I, I get all kinds of funny looks driving down the highway in an f-150 with a 10 foot tall chicken coop that's 14 feet long <laughs> and people are just kind of like what <laughs> um, especially the last one because it was you know it was painted real nice white had a galvanized roof and then stained doors and rubbed brass hardware it just it looked like a million bucks going down the road and i could just see the heads turning like where is that guy going with that thing? And why is he driving an F-150 and not like something much larger? So I need to get you a sign when you're going on for deliveries and say just something like, you know, we're flying the coop or something like that. Yeah. Some, yeah. Something fun. Yeah. No. I've, yeah. So between that and uh, the, the custom furniture, I stay busy. I'd say. Yeah. And with the custom furniture tables, Yes, uh, tables, case goods like nightstands, uh, so on and so forth. Uh, do some cabinetry, in, uh, but that's only local. I'm not going to ship cabinets. <laughs> that's for Home Depot to deal with. There you go. 
No, because I noticed, so with your turning, you've also do the actual legs. Like you turn or you will copy a leg. You know, if someone says, hey, I really like this leg, yeah. can you recreate it? I've noticed you started doing a lot of that too, duplicating, if you will. Yes. So uh, wood turning is something that I, you know, kind of really got into in college and I love it. Um, but with the CNC that is, that I'm just now finishing, setting up in the shop uh it, it has an indexer on it so uh i'm really excited about that because now i can turn table legs on the indexer and uh i don't know it i kind of hate to not have a reason to use the manual wood lathe but at the same time when time is money uh it'll be nice to just be able to s set that on the machine and go and do something else like sand <laughs> yeah yeah sanding yeah <laughs> it, it's good stuff that's what everyone's looking forward to. Yeah. Well, there's always good good reason to to sand, I guess. Maybe I don't know. So, what kind of CNC do you have? Uh, it is a Shopbot uh, PRS Alpha, mm -hmm. and it has a uh, has a four by eight table, and then uh, the indexers on the back side of that. So it actually takes okay. up a um, five foot by ten foot footprint and then it's got a vacuum uh big vacuum pump underneath it um I, I could not believe it so we just got the vacuum board um you know laid out and surfaced and everything today um and we turned on the vacuum and like you can't feel the vacuum pulling through the table because it's a it's just a solid sheet of three quarter inch mdf mm -hmm. but if you lay a piece of material on there you cannot move that piece of material like it's it's pulling that much vacuum through a full sheet of MDF. It's, uh, it's kind of mind blowing. So did you think MDF was originally solid until you saw that? No, no, no. I mean, I knew it was porous, but you know, still you think about something like that. Um, and it's just amazing that it, it, you know, pretty easily pulls that much vacuum through it. Are you going to feel your holes? Yeah. Say what? Go ahead, Mike. No, that was it. What were you saying, Chris? I was going to say, are you going to seal the edges of your uh, wasteboard or just let that be a place to lose some suction? Some people don't. Some people do. Yeah, I do plan on sealing it up. Um, but uh, So there's actually a technician from ShopBot that's out until tomorrow. And uh, he was telling me, like, you don't really need to seal that up because this pump pulls so much uh, vacuum. It just moves so much air that it's not even necessary. Mm. So, I mean, the thing is gigantic. It, the pump and motor together weigh 800 pounds. Um, so it's huge. And, it's substantial. Uh, yeah, it has a 10 horse motor. The motor for the vacuum pump is bigger than the motor for the CNC. It's just kind of silly. Uh, Took a golf ball through a water hose. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Probably could. Wow. Well, that's awesome. Uh, did you get the tool changer by chance? Yes. Uh, so it does have an automatic tool changer. It'll hold nine tools. Um, and uh, just got that kind of uh, up and running. Uh, that's the last thing we did today was got the sequencing for the tool changer going. So it's, uh, it's pretty cool. No, I'll be down in a week and uh, you can show me how it all works. Come on. We'll have you. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's really neat. 
Say good evening to uh, to Nick from Stated Woods. So, uh, what software are you planning on running with that? So, I'm running VCarve Pro, but I do all of my design in SolidWorks. I've been a SolidWorks user for better part of a decade now. So, uh, it's just kind of my, my bread and butter, and I had it already. So, I'll do all of my design work there and then export over to VCarve Pro. So, I, I need to learn VCarve Pro. Well, to learn your VCarve Pro, we have a gentleman, <laughs> Kyle Ely, who is uh, owner and operator of LearnYourCNC.com, a place where you can go and learn anything and everything Vectric, all the way up to the Aspire programming. One low fee, get your entry, and you learn as you go with LearnYourCNC.com. There you go, and Kyle. And not sponsored. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, if you uh, get a chance, check out Kyle's program, learn as you go. Chris has taken it. And then of course he showed it to me as far as like, this is something totally different in the CNC world. And, uh, you know, yeah, just if you get a minute, check it out for sure. Mm -hmm. I know that, uh, soon he hasn't really said for sure, but soon he's going to be changing the, uh, the platform of his. So right now it's like one flat fee for all the programs. So everything from cut to be all the way to Aspire, And he's going to be changing that over, uh, soon. That's all he tells us. So we don't know for sure when the date is basically yeah, yeah. looking at changing it into, I think individuals for each program. Cause someone who's going to be doing just signs doesn't need the aspire part of it. You know, someone sure. who's just doing maybe 3d carving doesn't want 2d. So he's looking at different ways, but he, he hasn't really given us the for sure word yet. I got yeah. you. The busier we can keep him, the longer it'll take him to change that over. So, you know, there, there you go. Yeah. Uh, I know that just, in the last, I would say four or five days, I have I've sent at least three people that way. So uh, people who've purchased CNCs from our day job that I've talked with. So you know, trying trying to keep him busy, you know, as much as we can. Especially yeah. since he he went part time at the day job and then he totally quit. So oh, there you go. Here, here, here first. January first is the target date. <laughs> Literally, go. here it here first. Yeah. But no, we like to pick. We we like to pick because he he's he's kind of like you. We know him well enough to where we can kind of pick on him. For instance, he went to Hawaii. He had himself a great trip. He maybe had I don't know twenty five pictures, you know, and all but two pictures he wasn't smiling. He was just kind of like. And so we were like, were you really <laughs> there? Were you enjoying yourself whatsoever? Why did you even go? <laughs> no, he, had, he had a blast though. He talked about it for a while, but it's just because even in his profile picture for Facebook, it's just like you see the the islands in the background. He's just, mm -hmm, yep, I'm here. Yeah, I was I can... anything, but I did notice that. It looked like he was having a great time. A yeah, see, place. he's just kind of like, yep, I'm here. That's a palm tree. <laughs> I, I can see it now. He's, he's like, oh, Hawaii and the trees and the water, and I'm going to go on the boat. And hey, Kyle, we're going to take a picture. One, two, three. <laughs> this is great. You know? <laughs> oh, so anyways, we like to have fun. So, uh, Chris, I have to ask the question. Um, did you steal Chris Miller's shirt from Amanda? How'd you it, get that? It doesn't say Miller. <laughs> I know a guy who knows a guy who knows a guy. So you know three people? I know four, but I don't know the other guy it has nothing to do with this. Gotcha. So, yeah. So yeah. Well, I know you know two. That's us. 
Yeah. So, yeah, so you, oh, go, go ahead. Go for it. No, no, no. no. Oh, well, I was going to ask about the guitars. You okay. said you're originally into guitars. Yes. I'm seeing a, I'm, I'm assuming by the keys, you've got a bass behind you and you've That's got, right. and you've got a, it's an eight string. It is an uh, eight string. Okay. Eight string nylon. I cannot play it. Um, so yeah, I got into guitar building because I wanted a better guitar when I was younger, but I couldn't afford one. It's like, oh, hey, it would be really cool to just learn how to build guitars. So I did. And then I stopped playing guitar because I enjoyed woodworking more. It kind of seems like it might have defeated the purpose of learning how to build guitars. But I mean, I'm not going to question it. Well, yeah, but now that you have a CNC, you can kind of make your own style and then make it repeatable. Yeah. Yeah. So I've. Aside from a Telecaster and a uh, Dreadnought acoustic, that where did Mike go? You were just run away. I think you offended him and he left. I don't know. All right, he gets offended easy. Oh, there he is. Oh, there he is. He came back. Was I boring you? No, No, the audio just cuts out every (laughs) once in a while and it drives me insane because you're sitting there talking and I'm like, I can't. So I just have to be fresh and it's fine. Excellent. Uh, so aside from a Telecaster that I made and a uh, Dreadnought that's modeled after a Martin, uh, all the guitars that I've made are my own original design. So, and I've made them all with, you know, templates and a hand router or just completely by hand. Uh, so it's fun and still repeatable, but I'm definitely looking forward to speeding up that process and, um, you know, just being able to be a little bit more creative with, uh, with the designs. Cause having a CNC in the shop, especially for something, you know, guitars and such, it, it kind of makes it like another employee. Yes. Cause it can be doing its thing over there and you're doing something else. Almost like the uh, indexer on the lathe. Exactly. CNC, but yeah. So that'll be nice. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm really excited about it. And I have uh, two guitars in the queue um one i'll be starting in november and then another one i'll be starting in uh february or march so very nice yeah because you're gonna plan on making good use of that new machine huh uh better (laughs) well you got a good one that's for sure yeah yeah that's a beast of a machine indeed yeah i've i think i've spent probably about a week uh, getting it set up at this point. So, uh, definitely ready to, to start making some chips other than just MDF dust flying everywhere, actual project chips. So, so what kind of dust collector do you have hooked up to that beast? Uh, I have a $150 Harbor Freight, 660 CFM little dust collector sitting under it. We filled it up in about 20 minutes. (laughs) I was going to say, do you think that's going to (laughs) last? Well, yeah, I mean, eventually I'll pipe um, probably from the main desk collector over to the CNC. But for now, uh, just that one fits under the table nice and easy. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't I don't know how long I'll rely on that. Um, so we'll see. Do you have a uh, separator on your main desk collector? I, I don't have a cyclone on the main dust collector. Uh, it's just a bag. I had a, I previously had a cyclone uh, separator and then sold it 
because uh, the one that I have right now is the Rockler wall mount. Oh, sorry, I wasn't allowed to say that word. It's You're allowed to say that the, word. Uh, <laughs> wall mount um, dust collector that's like 1500 CFM or something like that. Mm -hmm. And uh, it does it does a good job. Uh, pretty, pretty happy with it. But I don't know if I'll plumb it to go to the CNC or not, because it's kind of opposite ends of the shop. Right. Yeah, I, I had a that sort of issue when I first got into the CNC side. It was like, man, alive! I got I got to find something to pull these chips away. Yeah. And the best purchase that I made was the Super Dust Deputy from Oneida. Yeah. And that sat right on top of a tub. And I will tell you, I was emptying, I was emptying my trash can because I had one of those cheap old plastic separators. I was emptying my trash can probably. Well, if not week, if not probably every other week, mm -hmm. and I was having to shake out the bag and empty out the clear bag that was catching all the fine dust. I don't know, at least at least maybe once a month, maybe once every six weeks. Mm -hmm. When I was switched over to that super dust deputy, and all it was was just that plastic funnel thing that went over the, sure. the tub. I went almost a year without ever changing the plastic bag because it was not only collecting the chips, it was collecting a, a huge amount of the fine dust as well. Yeah. And Great. that was so worth the money for that as a, you know, substitute for a true cyclone machine with a lot of CFMs. Yeah. So I'm, I'm a hundred percent advocate for the super dust deputy system. That thing, that thing is fantastic. If if you were ever looking, and because you're getting into CNC, sure. And I know you run planers and joiners. That right. does a great job of separating that out to limit how much you actually have to change your bag. And it seemed like it was improved the CFMs because my bag wasn't so clogged all the time. Yeah, I will say. Um, have you heard of the mullet dust collector, the little cyclone that goes onto a shop back? so it's uh they're pretty new you can find them on instagram um but it's it's like it's it has the um cyclone built into a separate canister and it hooks up to the you know to your shop back but i swear that thing improved the airflow of my shop back mm -hmm. uh, i've only had it hooked up for a couple of days and it's it's really really done a good job so um, might check that out for shout back if you want. Um, so what kind of dust collector do you have your Oneida hooked up to? Well, I don't have the Oneida and, or my old dust collector anymore. I had it hooked up to a, a 1100 CFM Rikon at the time that I had completely removed from its um, housing. And mm -hmm. I was just using the squirrel cage. Yeah, okay. So the squirrel cage literally sat on top of the dust deputy. Yeah. Set it up and then over and into the bag. Yeah. Okay. I had a similar setup with my old uh, Cyclone. I I mean, it it was an off-brand. I can't even remember what it was, but it sounds like it was a pretty similar uh, arrangement. And now I own a Rikon Cyclone that nobody else in the United States has. <laughs> yeah, I, heard, I, heard I was going to go there. Yeah, I was, I was wondering why you were rolling your eyes, Mike. I was wondering. Yeah, well, 
So when we first started the podcast, he had, I think it was like the fifth episode or something. He had it and, uh, he goes to start turning the crank on it. And I recorded that sound and made it into a promo as the most annoying sound in the world. Cause it really is one of those sounds on a microphone that you, I mean, in the shop, it's one thing, but when you actually record it, it's horrendously hilarious. Mm. Yeah, no, we had a whole episode of, uh, him going through it, checking it all out and, it's kind of a tester and then the whole lockdown thing happened. So he kind of is the only one who has one now. Yeah. Yeah. But it, is, it is pretty awesome. Yeah. I have to say. I, and I wish they'd hurry up and get some in. I need to order some replacement tub bags. Cause, uh, I kind of ripped mine today, emptying it out. That's okay. So anyway, yeah, it's like, I don't know, 2200 CFM or something crazy. Nice. It's yeah, yeah, it is. It's very. <laughs> you can see it in the background, right next to that dust hose yeah, over his shoulder. You can kind of get a glimpse of it, but I mean, he's running the entire shop off that thing easily. Yeah, so it's it's pretty impressive. A eight inch pipe for about the first ten feet, and then everything goes to six from there. Oh, it's yeah, yeah. excellent. Yeah, I need to redo the plumbing in my uh, in my shop. I did a really dumb thing and like probably five feet away from the dust collector, I have a T. And so mm -hmm. the just goes two uh -huh. different directions. And uh, it does okay until, I, um, until I'm running like full width on the 20 inch planer. And then it gets a little, it's a little angry, but yeah. You know. Now for content for, for myself, see, I would be interested in watching that. Cause I know when running dust collection, there's so many options. There's yeah. everyone's got something about it, but, I don't really see too many people saying, well, I ran it this way and here's what I liked and I didn't like about it. And here's where I'm going to change it. And now let's test this new layout. Sure. I don't see a lot of those. I think that what I would like to do is, um, so in my shop, um, I have this little bump out. My shop's in the basement. So uh, I have this little bump out. It's uh, the perfect spot to put a dust collector because... It's not in the middle of the shop and all the other corners are filled up. So have the dust collector there. So kind of the way that I had to pipe it, it makes sense to have it as a T. But what I'd be interested in doing is instead of having it T, you know, just so close to the main inlet on the dust collector is actually have it make uh, a loop of some kind or have a main branch that comes straight out. And then, you know, I have Y's. Um, mm -hmm in off the main trunk line. The other thing that I'd like to do is put blast gates right at the main trunk line rather than closer to the tool. So that way, you know, I have less uh, vacuum loss in the system, but. Well, you, know. you can make your own on the CNC like I did right there. Oh. Cause I had that same problem. I ran traditional black metal blast gates everywhere. Yeah. And uh, I bought, I even went and bought a couple of the, um, they're right there uh it's hard to see but they're the clear <laughs> they're the clear blast gates that uh okay. that come down in six and then y off and then yeah. you have two two four inch ports that branch off of that so it, it's a pretty cool setup but um ended up making that for the cnc area and that yeah. that works if I had time, 
I would go back and make all my blast gates like that. Yeah. Hmm. Nice. And it looks goofy, but I've got paracord attached to it. One piece of green and one piece of red. Okay. And then I have some shop knobs that I made on the CNC. So when uh, the green is down, that means the flow is open. When the red okay. is down, that means it's not no flow at all going to it. All righty. Interesting. It's kind, of, it's kind of like a cam that drops over the blast gate area. Yeah. Nice. All righty. I might have to pester you for, uh, for that project. Well, and I think I included that partially in the uh, in my dust collection upgrade video that's on my YouTube page. Awesome. Um, and I, you can kind of get some closer closer looks at it. And I think I also did some posts on my IG that are just specific towards that. You have to go back a little ways, but they're there. Okay. Yeah, excellent. I think it was last year around this time, wasn't it? Somewhere in there. Summer or something. I think. That far? I think it was 20. It was early this year. Really this year, yeah, it's been a long three years, yeah, what it feels like, but yeah, no, that on sure. the dust collection part of it, I mean, there's so many options, there really is, and to figure out what's best for you, um, I've always been an avid an advocate for the blast gate on the trunk as close to the trunk line as possible, so yeah. you don't have as much static line, you know, because yeah. you're still creating a vacuum there, so might as well just shut it off at the trunk, yeah, sure. Um, Chris, have you, have you seen any, uh, performance issues with uh, PVC pipe versus, uh, metal or have you ever used metal pipe I I, back and forth on it? I know a guy who's, who's got metal, um, that I'd kind of helped him run his stuff. And in, in reality, unless you're in an industrial shop running massive lines, the, the, sewer and drain is so smooth on the inside mm -hmm. that it, it's it's there's it's so minimal and the yeah. only tool in my entire shop that i can draw any static electricity from and i don't understand why is my planer oh i'm not even talking about statics i know some right. people are really right. but, I mean, but, but yeah but i mean as far as that goes that's the only complaint that i would have using the pvc that i did Mm -hmm. And and I've I've used uh, my my friend that I'd helped set up a while a long time ago, you know he. I, don't, I think he had sold that shop at this point, but um, I, I yeah. If you look around, you'll see, you can talk to you can see tons and tons of videos people that'll that'll discuss the metal versus PVC, and with the cost of metal right now, there's no way that's justifiable to sure. the normal home shop kind of guy. Sure. So I used um the HVAC uh, snap together mm -hmm. ducting, you know what I'm talking about? And, uh, you know, as far as I know, it's been just fine. The only qualm that I have, though, or the only issue that I run into is if, especially with the planer, um, and especially before I got a helical head for it, but if I was planning something like maple, the screws that I had to use to uh, connect those pieces together would sometimes start to cause a bird's nest because, you know, like one chip mm -hmm. would get caught on a screw and then, you know, just kind of uh, snowballs from there. But uh, now we'll say this if you upgrade your dust collection to something that's got more power, you may want to consider not using the metal, that, that ducting pipe. It's such yeah. a thin gauge that. 
it, if you cl- close off all of your blast gates by accident, which happens to everybody, it, it can go. You know, I've heard people say that, but I've, I've never seen any flexing um, with the two or three different dust collectors I've had over the years with, with this piping. But yeah, it's definitely something that's kind of been in the back of my head after I heard it the first time. Well, and it's all about the gauge too. Sure. You get what you pay for then? Yeah. Something along those lines. That's what I hear. So, okay. So the blue pipe behind you then that is just standard drain pipe or is there a specialty? Cause I mean, you don't see a lot of blue pipe like that. Uh, that's the standard sewer and drain that glows sales and oh, okay. home depot. Um, it, it's thinner walled. So you get actually more opening inside the pipe and, um, you know, it's much cheaper than regular PVC. This white piece of eight inch over here, good gravy. If it, that was insane, I, I could have, I could only afford one section. But the sewer and drain, it actually was probably almost third less for a ten foot stick than mm. standard Schedule Forty. Now, is there a pressure rating on that since it's just a drain, sewer and drain line? It's typically not under pressure. Well, it, it's not like, uh, yeah, it's not, there is, but it, uh, dust collection doesn't put it under pressure like, like water does. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they're, they're, it's, it's never completely sealed up and expecting, expected to hold, you know, 200 right, pounds of pressure right. all the time. Yeah. So, you know, it, it, Dust collection is completely different, and it and it hasn't had any issues. And I uh, sealed sealed all mine with uh, foil tape instead of duct tape. The foil tape seems to bond better to the curves and uh, seal off just fine. So, well, the only reason I ask that is because when you get into like you know um, running lines off a compressor, there's now a debate on use PVC, don't use PVC on it because it can stand what 150 psi. Mm-hmm. And some people are saying that it'll shatter over time. It gets weaker over time. So I know that the drain isn't pressurized, but I'm sure there's a rating of some sort for for it being round. It's a cylinder. Yeah. So it's going to have a strong structure. But in case the debate comes up, I just, I was going to answer that question. I could have Chris's opinion on that. <laughs> I can look smarter than I am. Yeah, I've heard the same thing, but um, I've been to plenty of industrial shops where, you know, be it right or be it wrong, they're running you know, regular schedule 40 PVC uh, for their air compressor. Mm-hmm. I've seen it all the time when I started seeing people saying that it's exploding. I didn't know if maybe it was a bad batch or. Yeah. And I wonder if it's, old. if it's, uh, you know, what was it like PEX in the nineties was so popular. And if people are confusing that for uh, PVC. regular PVC, because I know PEX had a really bad problem about, you know, water lines busting. Especially under high uh, heat situations, uh-huh. or are they mis- are they mistaking uh, standard standard true schedule forty that you'd use for your traditional water lines for like the cheaper brother CPVC or something like that that definitely yeah. has some faults. It could be. Yeah, I know that. I've I mean I've always grown up around either conduit 
I've seen conduit used or uh, just galvanized pipe, you know, standard black pipe or standard galvanized pipe being used for. Yeah. The only, the only thing is, is that galvanized makes sense because there's going to be water in the line. Right. So PVC, I do see it <clears> making sense, but I don't know. That's, that's next on my list is to run a line directly through either the brick or the, the main piece of wood that's on the side of the garage door. Yeah. Because right now I just run a hose straight to the air compressor, straight out. Like I just don't run an airline, but it would be nice to have an airline constantly ready to be plugged in. Yeah, I um not hosted uh, spring, I guess. I finished up a shed for my air compressor, and it is so nice to have it out of the shop. So that way if it blows up, it doesn't blow up the shop. And <laughs> uh, mainly for the noise, though. Um, but so I, I just put a section of... Um, flexible hose through my conduit through the wall, but then it plugs directly into a copper pipe that runs. I have like a main trunk that runs through the shop and then, uh, you know, standard air hoses off of that. Gotcha. Um, so you're running fresh air from outside? For the air compressor. The dust collector's inside, but the air compressor's outside. And then it has a drain. It has an auto drain. <laughs> when I forget to turn it off, so it, it cycles every 40 minutes. That's the longest that I can have it cycle between automatically draining. And so we'll be, we'll be going for a walk. And uh, if I forget to turn it off, we'll be like around the corner of the house and just <laughs> all of a sudden. And either my wife or my daughter will jump and I just start laughing. Great. Uh, yeah, try it. So mine's in the basement. And uh, try forgetting to leave it on at 3 o'clock in the morning. You only oh, do that once. No, that, that happens too. That happens too. More than once because I just oops. don't think about it. Yep. It's a big oopsie on that one, but yeah, it is. It's one of those things where as soon as it comes on, you're like, oh, well, if you wait two minutes, it'll go away. No worries. Yeah, and it shouldn't come back on again until in the morning. I'll just go out there and cut it off before I go to work. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, except so for me, it's kind of like, oh, I'm here. I, I need the air compressor on. One of the benefits, one of the benefits of working from home. Yeah. Boy, oh, yeah, yeah, one of the downsides is that you can always work. <laughs> that is true. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard to lay out when you're uh, your own boss and you work from home. Yeah. So that what what would be your your favorite project of all time? Should have given me a warning. Nah, it's too much. Too much fun to do it like this and make you think. Well, we can talk about the shirt if you want. The shirt? Yeah, the shirt that you're wearing. I love my Carhartt shirt. Um, so <laughs> he could have changed it back real quick, didn't he? <laughs> yeah. Well uh, done. I was just trying to give you something to you know. No, we're not talking about that project. Okay, what's uh, what's your worst? project project you've hated the most oh, would that gosh. be an easier one to uh, identify um, i don't know i love you all know, my projects we are not here to throw softballs at you mike this is this yeah. is a this is a hard-hitting news agency yeah, yeah, yeah only ask the good ones um well i guess so i i don't know it's, it's hard to say uh favorite project we'll answer that one um i really like my desk that i made so like i love building guitars i love building you know general furniture uh but i think i really like my desk that i built um 
because it was a design that I had full um, full control over. So it was it was kind of all of the style that I wanted. So I like a little bit more modern furniture, um, but I really like vintage stuff as well. So the the desk is a ambrosia maple top, and then it has a uh, kind of like an airspace, if you will, between uh, the underside of the tabletop and the top of the uh, cabinets on the left and right side. So it it stands off with a couple of um, steel tubes that I painted oil rub bronze or like brass oil rub bronze. I'm not, I'm bad with colors. Um, so then the cabinets on the left and right are painted and I was, I was trying to make them look like they were, uh, vintage steel. And I mean, the color came off just, just about perfect. Uh, nice. lots, lots of people have asked, you know, like, is that metal? No, it's not actually, it's, mm. it's wood. <laughs> you can't stick magnets to it. It's crazy. Uh, but yeah, I think, probably my favorite project cool you should have mounted plates on the inside of it so that you could stick magnets to it yeah well hindsight then really fool them mm, yeah it's true oh, there you go. okay I've, i have seen this before. so what did you use to have the stands between the cabinet and the slab top uh some sections of steel tube and so the way that i fastened it was um actually ran screws through the inside of those tubes into the underside of the tabletop hmm. are you, are you gonna, i was gonna ask are you gonna show us or are you just gonna keep looking at it all by yourself yeah yes, mike's so just over there like Ooh, yeah. oh yeah so tell me about these monitor speakers you got no I... <laughs> those were bought on amazon yes not that it's Amazon, it's just you bought speakers on Amazon. Let's see. All right. I was I was worried I wasn't allowed to say the A word. Oh, you can say. It, you know, <laughs> well, it depends no, on which A word, but we try to keep it clean well, around here. We try to keep this a family show there, Mike. Yeah. I mean, Amazon can be offensive. Oh uh, yeah, that's it. That's the one. Hey, are those uh is that base metal? Uh <laughs> no, actually you'd be surprised. It looks like it would be base or metal, but it's actually wood. So, right, and the poles, they look like the old card readers on the Dewey Decimal System at the library. Yeah, we were trying, we were going for a um, uh, file cabinet look. So, on the left hand side, uh, the top drawer is just a you know paper, pencil drawer, or whatever. Uh, my printer is actually in the middle drawer, and then file cabinet is in the bottom left. And then on the right hand side, obviously another thin paper pencil drawer. Uh, and then my CPU, my uh, drawing tablet, my all, all computer stuff is in the bottom right. And your cord man management is flawless. Yes. Yeah, indeed. Um, yeah, so that all routes behind the, uh, gosh, I make furniture, but I don't actually know what that middle piece is called. I cannot remember. Stretcher, uh, apron. Stretcher works. Yeah, I don't, I don't even know. Yeah, okay. Um, that there piece in the middle, in the back, uh, 
all of the cords are um, routed behind there. The power supply or the power strip is back there. Um, so yeah, it's it's all nice and tidy. I can't mm-hmm. I can't say that the desk is currently as tidy as it is in that picture, but it always is the first day. Yeah, it was it was clean for a minute, and then I started using it. That's how it goes. It's fun. Yeah, I, I believe the technical term for that is the cord Heidi uh, cabinet connector thingy. That that works. I mean, I I didn't know the technical term. You came up with one, so that that works. We'll go with it. I like it. Cord Heidi. Ah, yeah. So you can buy those now on Amazon or shop Woodshop Mike dot com for your cord Heidi panel stretcher thingy for your desk. Or you can get the plans for free over on Craig's website, make it your sale. There you go. Yeah. Nope. I really like oh, I could have done that. Well there's more pictures on there. So visit woodshopmike.com by all means because there's actually quite a few pictures on this thing. Yeah. Uh let's see. There it is. You can also check out Mike and on Instagram, Woodshop Mike. Make sure you follow. Stay tuned. Yeah, actually, you have a really good stories. Probably one of my favorites that I like to watch. Oh, thanks. I just ramble, but <laughs> you ramble, but it's not annoying ramble. Like there's some that just ramble, and you're kind of like, yeah, fast forward, fast forward. Like yours are you genuinely like, here's what I'm doing today. Here's what I ran into. Blah blah blah. Like I wish I could do those. I just I'm like, here's what I'm doing. Oh my god. <laughs> I don't. I don't, yeah. don't want to sit and talk to people about it. And at the same time, I probably should, because I get more questions on not stating what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, in, in today's story, Mike Ziegler sprays a cabinet. <laughs> Just today. Yeah. Today in tomorrow's story, today Mike Ziegler sprays another cabinet. No, Mike sprays white. Tomorrow, Mike sprays white. The next day, Mike scrapes parts of the white off. <laughs> <laughs> You've got it down to a science. You know how I work. Yeah, man. I, I still don't have quite the same uh, the same gun speed, though. You know, I, I I try, but I just I can't get it down. He's the fastest draw in the East, aren't they? Right, right there. Yeah, someone said it was the fastest fastest gun in the east of the Mississippi, or something along those. It was Angus. That's who it was. But the today with the uh, the new V8, I had to slow it down because I don't have it dialed in yet. I will say that their regulator that they have is crucial. Yeah. Because I thought, you know, usually I just do it by sound and I do it by feel and then I spray it on there and I'm seeing it. But when I went back to the other one, the uh, MPX30, it has the regulator on it. I realized I had way too much air pressure on the other one. Like I thought I had it dialed down, but no, it requires so little air pressure to get much more atomization out of it. Hmm. So I was actually, actually wasting product on testing this one. So now I got to get a regulator, yeah, but yeah. well worth it. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm, I don't even know how to describe just how much nicer it is. Yeah. It really is worth the money. Yeah. Have and of you, course. Go ahead. Have you used the Apollo guns or turbine? Nope. I haven't done turbine. Like, so I'm, I'm more of a traditional compressor. I, the only, actually one of the first times in probably 10 years or so, maybe longer, uh, was using Chris's for the extravaganza, the Fuji. I had not sprayed with a turbine, but I mean, it feels the same. It really does. They're nice. Yeah. I know you're more of an Apollo guy for sure. Yeah. I mean, that's, um, that's kind of what I settled into. I like, uh, I mean, I used the same kit that you recommended to me years ago for a long time. And, oh, that husky! Uh, yeah, just the husky kit uh, shooting out of the air compressor, and I mean that does a 
a great job. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like the I like the turbine because like when we were refinishing the cabinets in our laundry room, you know, just take it all upstairs. I don't have to run an air hose, you know, through the house and then some to to be able to spray some cabinets. And there's way less overspray with with the turbine than I ever got with the uh, with the air compressor. So. No, I have to say I noticed that there was a lot less in the air uh, when spraying uh, that general finishes milk paint. Yeah, there was a lot less in the air. It was much easier to control. Yeah, that's that's what I use. Um, I kind of hate the um, the extra time that it takes versus shooting a solvent based finish. But the finish, when it's all done, is beautiful and. Um, I always shoot general finishes, milk paint, and then the high performance top coat over top of that. Mm-hmm. And man, it just it gives such a good, silky smooth finish. And then the other thing I like about doing that process where you have the color coat underneath a clear coat is it's easier to touch up if you scratch it. Yeah, sure. Because I I've seen a lot of people that spray, you know, the the top coat is the color coat. But if you scratch it, then you've got to try to blend that back in. That's not as easy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, here I was complaining and thinking I wanted to switch to, you know, color and top coat in one. And you just gave me a reason to not. So. It, well, if you're doing installs, don't do it. Yeah. Because, it, 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 you know, everything possible that could go wrong during an install will go wrong during an install eventually. Oh, yeah. And if you're trying to touch it up, um, it's just, it's a lot harder to mask it and try to pretend it's not there. Like yeah. everyone will see it because it just stands out. But if it's clear coat, easy scuff, a little bit of, you know, either like, uh, what is it? My mind goes blank now. Uh, Mohawk has that perfect blend or they have a water-based mm-hmm. that blends and you can't tell it was there if there was a scratch. And yeah. it doesn't even have to be the same water-based product, which is why I like it. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, it doesn't have to be the same compatibility or anything. Because usually what they're basing it on is that you've had it, you've sprayed it within the last 30 days. Okay. So if it's anything past that, they're, yeah, you might want to do the perfect blend only. But if it's within 30 days of spraying your clear coat, then you can do their water-based um, blender, I think they call it. Waterborne. They call it waterborne, sorry. But that way you're good to go. Scratches, whatever you have on there. The the paint's still good. It's still a good color. And you're just fixing only the scratch, which is on the top coat. Hmm. Nice. Painting one seems like a great idea, but I'll tell you now, it's just not worth uh, it. It's not worth it. If you're doing installs or if you're trying right. to deliver the the piece or something where it's not going to be at your house. Yeah. That makes sense. All right. So like 95% of my stuff. Yep. Good Because I see more people that um, spray all in one. And then they don't show you, but they will call and ask or just, you know, message me or something saying, Hey, you know, this happened. What can I do to fix it? And it's kind of like, at this point, you got to get yourself one of those uh, touch up markers. You fill up yourself, go fill it up with what you put on there. And that's as close as you're going to get. It's not going to yeah. be good. Hmm. Yeah. I had, uh, you were talking about everything that can go wrong, will go wrong. Um, I was building a corner cabinet for a client and they wanted, well, first, they wanted hickory uh, stained to be close to their existing cabinets. And we were doing pre-finished uh, plywood for the inside and everything, um, which I love pre-finish. 
in one on one hand and then I hate it on the other hand because I'm terrified that I'm going to scratch it while I'm, you know, cutting on the table saw or assembling the cabinet or whatever. And then, mm-hmm. you know, you have this gigantic gouge and what do you do? You know, like, anyways, so they, they changed their mind. They wanted the cabinet to be all black. So I, I got to enjoy making raised panel doors out of hickory just to paint them black and then painted the inside of the pre-finished cabinet black. And so I scuff sanded the the pre-finish and everything. And when I got on site, I peeled a piece of uh, blue painter's tape off because I was marking where my mounting screws needed to go. And it was right at a corner and it peeled some of that uh, paint off. Just like, because it's black and then it's like super blonde maple (laughs) and I mean, thank God I had brought some touch-up paint with me. And I, I tried touching it up, tried touching it up. And eventually, like, I really hate to admit this, but I just kind of, like, had to glob it on there because it kept, you know, smearing. Because even mm-hmm. though I had scuffed the pre-finish, the, um, I think just since it was water-based finish, maybe, uh, it didn't want to grab quite as well. Um, I don't know what the issue was, but I eventually got it so it looked good. And it was in a corner inside the cabinet so you couldn't just it wasn't a total eyesore mm-hmm. but man that was that whole job was kind of a nightmare <laughs> so maybe that's the nightmare one that Chris yeah, was asking I, I, didn't, I didn't really want to go there because uh, i'm thankful for the for all the projects but well maybe instead of a little bit Maybe instead of it's a nightmare due to the install, due to that problem, I can yeah. tell you there's three things to to consider. One is that, and it, and it's not sponsored at all, but Klingspore has a yellow tape mm-hmm. called the Triple Seven. Mm-hmm. It's the only tape I found that even on an exit, like you just I. So what I do is I'll sand and I'll stain the tops of a table. Then and this was within the same day. I'll you know do the sealer. I'll do the top coat give it like maybe two hours and then I'll put this yellow tape all the way around, flip the table upside down and then completely do the rest of it white. It doesn't pull the finish with that yellow tape. There's no transfer. So the glue doesn't leave on the surface as well as it doesn't pull the finish. It's what is it, Chris? I mean, I remember you introduced it to me a long time ago. It's automotive tape, right? Yeah. It's a, something they, they work the clean sport automotive team worked closely with the manufacturer to create this, crazy unique product they wanted to basically take 3m and kick their butt with it because 3m's gold tape was kind of everybody's go-to and this beat it in every way nice <clears throat> yeah they yeah. they uh in the testing they put it on glass metal plastic paint fiberglass and other things that that pretty much anything and everything that would be on a car they left it outside. It was a car the guy drove around town in. I mean, it was kind of funny because when he pulled in, it was the car he drove there in. There was yellow tape stuck everywhere. <laughs> and it was in sort of in the middle of winter. So it went through a, you know, a, a 50 degree day. Then it went through a season of rain and, um, and sleet and sort of ice all within this week span. Welcome to North Carolina. And when he pulled in, part of the video testing was he was peeling every bit of that off, and it had been on there like seven days, mm-hmm. and there was zero residue transfer. 
and it was zero issues with anything that got peeled away during the testing. And it's impervious to water. So yeah, water, water nice. just sits on it with a bead. Nice. So it's it's a good thing to have on hand if you're doing installs or if you're going to do the pre-finish with the cutting and you've already painted it and right. you can still cut through it and yet you can pull it right back off. And it's a, I found it best to be at a 90 degree shear pull. Like when you're pulling tape, a lot of people just kind of yank the tape. You really want to do a 90 degree if possible. The yeah. other thing I can think of for that install in particular would be what grit did you sand the pre-finish with? It was 120. Perfect. So see, yeah. that's all correct. Yeah. A lot of times in the pre-finished stuff, they're using a UV cured yeah. water-based. Yeah. So it's kind of a tough one. Chris, I turned him on to it. It's called uh, Ultra Flow Ultra Bond from Mohawk. It's lacquer-based. But if you ever have to touch up anything that's been UV cured, uh-huh. that stuff blends and, and will bond to it without any issues. Nice. So if it's something in the future, if you're doing the pre-finished stuff and it's already and you're worried about getting scratched, that stuff will completely blend it. Okay. You'll never see it. Excellent. It's good to know. I knew if I had a trouble, you were just a phone call away. Yeah, anytime, man. <laughs> you know that. But yeah, no, it's it's one of those where you just you find out from word of mouth really and then people say yeah oh, i tried this stuff and then you try it and it's like wow so i do all of my polls now are done with that ultra flow mm-hmm. because it is the nicest overall sheen of flat it looks so good and out of an aerosol can i can't beat it there's nothing else i found better and then chris got turned on to it with all of his uh, 3d stuff before he got his fuji and so now he understands the the power of a good aerosol can versus a box store if you will yeah I just sprayed all of my daughter's um, pieces with it, the little date month things that I just posted. Oh, okay. That's what I sprayed that with. Because yeah, you had that going in the shop at the same time you had a bunch of other stuff going, right? Because you, mm-hmm. when you panned over to it in your story, it was still wet. Yeah. So, yeah, it's good stuff. So, and, and 100% not sponsored, just stuff we use. Here to help you out, Mike, anytime. I appreciate that. Well, see, uh, any any closing statements for you this evening? What did you think of the show so far? Yeah, no, I mean, it's good hanging out, chatting. Um, always, good. always good talking shop. Exactly. And that's what we're trying to make it is just something where it's just a conversation. We're just whatever comes mm-hmm. up, comes up. Yeah. We didn't have any questions tonight, which is surprising. I'm wondering if they're either asleep or, you know, they're just enthralled by the the cross the board conversation that's all it is yeah i'm just waiting for the booger comment on twitch there's always a booger comment (laughs) so if you ever do twitch mike just just so you know up front there's always going to be someone who's asking you the booger question all right yeah and i'm just surprised i didn't get any questions about the gash on my forehead Um, you have a gash on your forehead yeah i don't know maybe you can't see it but like right here okay um I was putting the, I was bolting the uh, baseboard or the base layer for my t- uh, CNC to the cross members. I'm laying up underneath the CNC and I have a trigger clamp above me. I had to move it because it was covering a hole. You see where this is going? Mm-hmm. And um, released it. And you know, like the Bessie trigger clamps, I love them because they move so smoothly, especially when they're headed towards your forehead. And <laughs> I mean, 
it was one of their heavy duty trigger clamps too. And those move much more freely. Um, I released it and it just clocked me right between the eyes. And I guess the best part is I got it on video. Um, because I'm doing a video on putting CNC together mm -hmm. and, uh, you see me just like get smacked and then just kind of lay down, <laughs> lay there for a second. Um, but I didn't realize it had broken the skin. So then I, I sit up in the video and you just see like blood kind of pulled on my forehead. It's... Sounds like oh, bonus content for the end of the video. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that happened yesterday. I came upstairs and my daughter's like, oh, Daddy, what happened to your head? But it's healing up pretty quick. So The face and the hands are always the fastest to heal. Thank you very much, Kyle. Um, so I have to have that question of, uh, what was your first thought when it hit you in the head? Just dang it. I should have moved my head. <laughs> yeah. I always, I always think of whenever I do something, I'm like, ah, I won't get donk and it hits you in the head. It's almost like, yep. You just pulled that one off. Like good job. Yeah. 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 I wonder if I should move this now. Nah, it'll be okay. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Well, it's it's well enough secured. We're good. I mean, it, it's kind of funny because I was looking in the mirror. And I mean, like it is just dead center, right between my eyes. I was like, well, I was I was looking right at the thing. I had a really good line of sight on that. Well, no, I mean, really, in the in video wise, you really can't tell there's anything there. All right. Well, so even better. So whatever content you got coming up, don't worry about it. <laughs> I don't know. This camera is a little bit more hazy than my uh, than my cell phone, so. Uh, but good to know. Yeah, they they call that the fingerprint effect. Oh, maybe that's what it is. I yeah. did mirror my hand all over the lens before I put it up. We have yeah. a great makeup team here to really help hide any blemishes, right? You know. Yeah, I mean, y'all's y'all's complexion look stunning. Yeah, we, well, we go with left thumb. That's usually the <laughs> right on the yeah. Uh, the one thing about the uh, Note 9 that I love and I hate at the same time is the fingerprint opener is right below the camera. Mm. So there's a lot of times where I'll go to post a story or something and forget to clean it. Like I just, you know, I'm in the moment there and I'm like, oh, that looks great. Yeah. Like you can't see anything that I'm doing, especially whenever the sun's involved. Mm -hmm. My last camera or my last phone, somehow the uh, main lens got a, a crack like right in the middle of it. And it never caused any trouble with the images unless it was dusk and there was like a light in the distance. And then it would just like refract light all through the lens. But Crazy. the majority of the time, you couldn't even tell that it had a cracked lens. It was really weird. That is really weird. Mm -hmm. I wonder if it's just the, the lighting. It had to open up the lens more or something. I don't know. Mm -hmm. no oh. So, okay. Here's a question for you. Since you're content creator videoing what is your go-to camera so for youtube my main camera is a uh, panasonic gh5 and i use a, a zoom lens on it it's a olympus i think it has um, a 1.3 um aperture and um it's something like 14 to 25 millimeter um, but it's a, it's a really good lens, um, for just about anything that I have to do. So get, get good close ups without having the camera right in the way. Um, 
and you know pretty pretty good wide angle to to capture you know a four by eight work area without much issue i think it was the you did the cabinets or something downstairs a while back and i remember that how you were filming it you could get every bit and they were not small cabinets like they were what 12 feet uh are you talking about the built-ins yeah the yeah um did i do some 12 foot cabinets i don't remember I they looked like they were 12 feet anyways. I mean, oh, you yeah, had yeah, a yeah. lot of cabinet. Yeah. Yeah. So that was, that was that camera. I was still using that one then. And then I got a, um, a little GoPro, um, a while back, the hero nine, I think is right now. It's basically just a, a desk ornament. Yes. Yeah, the nine. Um, but it does, you know, it does pretty well. And I, I usually only use that when I'm wanting to get a, a different angle for time lapse. No. Uh, so it's it's nice to have just that secondary camera and something that I can send through the planer to get a cool shot and not you know worry too much about if it gets crunched. But that's true. Yeah. Now you have to check out Chris's stuff because he puts it well, do you do the action camera now or are you just still doing the cell phone in the dust shoot? I vary it depending on what I'm looking for. Like him, if I'm looking for a good time lapse, I'll Sometimes I'll throw the action camera above the CNC so you can catch it all. But then when I want really cool up-close shots, I actually stick my phone down the dust chute. And I've learned a trick to get really, really clean, good-looking shots. When I do slow-mo, you can see the dust just swirling, and you're looking right at the bit. All right. Trying to think of some stuff for your, you know, when you're doing the shot, bot, it'd be kind of cool to see it. No, that's awesome. The way he pulls it off is kind of, you know, and then when he tells you how he did it, you're like, wait a minute, what? <laughs> like you're uh, just holding it with your hand? Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm glad that I still have my previous phone that still has a pretty good camera. Definitely not putting my new one that close to the, uh, to the CNC. Oh, no. don't worry. When I hold it in the port, I'm holding it like this, and I'm resting it against the top of the port. Mm-hmm. So it's got full support both with my hands, my fingers, and the top of the lip of the the dust shroud. I got you. Okay, so Mike said in the dust chute, and I was thinking like you just set it in there and like... <laughs> no, 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 no. That's what it, it. That's what it looks like though. The way that he yeah. does it, it looks like he mounted the camera inside the dust chute because you still have the dust coming around. Like it looks cool. Mm. So you just yeah. have to check it for your stuff. You gotta, Attitude you gotta, you gotta blow it out pretty good when you're, you know, once I do a <laughs> yeah. shot like that because it's. It gets a lot of a lot of dust up around the little the lens and the earpiece, but. I bet so. <clears throat> anyways i just thought i'd ask because I, I i liked how your angles were now that i'm getting more into the photography and the video making for our you know for our day jobs at clinks i'm always now i'm now i'm paying attention the more educated i became the more i'm paying attention to simple little things that most people probably wouldn't see i'm now seeing like oh yeah i see that now man it, it takes forever to shoot content that is even halfway worth watching yep. you know? and uh, it, it's amazing how much time it adds to a project and that's just shooting the content that's not even editing the, all the content mm-hmm. you know there's so many times i'm tempted to just be like uh you know speed it up ten thousand uh percent and just be like done, done. but you know that, <laughs> that that won't serve anyone or teach anyone uh very well so no, I'm, I'm finding out that it's one of those where you have to now plan 
on the content to be added to the project. Oh yeah. You know, it's yeah. not going to be something you can just throw in there while you're doing it. It has to be added to the whole angle and everything has to be added to that mix. Yeah. And scheduling wise, that's something that I still work on. Like I, I feel like I keep adding more and more time to my schedule for like pushing out projects of, okay, I can start your project, Mr. or Mrs. Client at this, you know, time. And then I'm like, I'm still a week behind. Go on. <laughs> It's just, it, it takes so much time. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I even yeah. outsource half of the video editing now. So <laughs> it's nothing wrong with that. Oh, no, it's just, uh, I mean, I, I love being able to, to outsource uh, some of the work. It's just continually surprising to me that how does this take that much time? <laughs> uh, kind of wonder where your days go. Yep. And that's why a lot of folks buy multiple cameras and then they just keep going. But, you know, like in my case, I stopped, I, I stopped trying to set up special lighting mm-hmm. because yeah. that, that really takes up so much space and time. And then it's a safety hazard. And I yeah. said, you know what? I just installed LEDs in my whole shop yeah. and that makes at least, at least I'm getting decent shots most of the time. Yeah. I, I had, um, when we when we first moved in, you know, I found a bunch of uh, fluorescent lights on Facebook Marketplace, and you know, it was it was good. It was a great place to start. But then, as I kept recording, I was you know, I just wasn't happy with uh, how bright the shots were or the color, um, you know, the color cast from the lighting that was being thrown because of the fluorescent lights. So. The majority of the shop is now LEDs, and the area where the CNC is is all LED. And the the video that I've shot of setting up that machine is so much better um, that you know I'm really looking forward to switching over the rest of the shop to just LED. And I don't have to use uh, spotlighting anymore mm-hmm. because the shop is so well lit. Yep, that makes a huge difference. Just have Plenty of LEDs everywhere overhead. Yeah. I, I might be blind by the time I'm 50, but you know, be all right. I guess It'd be okay. I'm, I'm already half blind. So, <laughs> so thanks for joining us. Woodshop Mike. This is, um, this has been a lot of fun and I'm glad you joined us on this. I really am. Yeah, absolutely. Guys. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. So was this your first podcast? Uh, I think this is a third podcast. Sweet. It's. I mean, it's always interesting to find out. You know, if you didn't know people did a podcast, it's interesting to find out that they uh, they had already done one. Then you go look it up. I gotta go find it. Yeah. And he says after this, I'm not doing another one. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is it. I'm done. <laughs> no, thanks, guys. It was fun. Well, thank you very much for joining us. Um, remember Wednesday nights at 9 p.m. Whatnot podcast. You can find us on all of your favorite. Uh, podcast mediums uh, apple store google spotify all of that fun stuff we'll be there and uh what would who do we have coming up soon can you name any names there mr chris look forward to next week uh, none that uh, are none that have fully confirmed we've got two potentials ready to go but i can't name names yeah. they're trying to see what this episode would be like before they confirm. <laughs> yeah well, let's hope they don't let's let's hope they don't use this one as a guide, but uh, you know, so 
but no, congratulations on, uh, you know, everything you're doing and, and just, you keep getting better. And I'm excited to, to kind of see what your stuff's going to be with this new CNC. It's just going to be really cool. And if you want to learn your CNC, check out learnyourcnc.com for all of your software need. Learnyourcnc.com. I wasn't ready on that one. Nice yeah. job. That was yeah. a, that's a perfect segue. I have to say that was, yeah. Chris is getting better at these commercial things for sure. He's getting well, that radio voice down pat. Well, he, he only paid us for a 15 second that time. So I had to make it shorter. Oh, well, here, that was only 14 seconds, so there we go. I just make sure I get that full 15 in there for him. Get that check in the mail for us. <laughs> but, Mike, thank you very much for joining us. Um, again, if you want to do this in the future for number four on your podcast, let us know after you get the CNC going. For episode uh, 23, think, was it? Yeah, episode 23, exactly. Uh, if you're not busy next week, no, but if you get, when you get it up and you start messing around with this, um, you know, going down that road or whatever, just let us know. It'd be great to have you on with a panel of other CNC owners. And, and honestly, I would love to have you back on when you do your project that you can't talk about mm-hmm. later. Yeah. No, no. Back when you can talk about it and then say, yeah. Hey, remember that night? This is what happened. <laughs> yeah no sounds great i'm i'm looking forward to it because i know whenever you do a partnership with something you always put in the full amount of effort to it you don't ever kind of skimp on any part of it <laughs> which is why we followed your video for doing the porch oh literally yeah. for, the, for the flooring and stuff yeah no, that's, right. been, that's been a popular one well, thank you very much for watching uh, the Whatnot Podcast. I am Mike Z. I'm Chris, and this guy here is Mike. There you go. Y'all have a great <laughs> night, everybody. We'll see you. Take it easy. This weatherman's. St-